two, one. What's up, Jess? What's up, man? It's good to have you here, man. Thanks for having me, brother. This is cool, man. If you're just walking or if you're just listening to us, welcome to the God is Awesome podcast. I'm your host. My name is Aaron. And uh, what we do here is we go through um, people's testimonies and we just ask them how God has been in their life and what amazing things have has he done in their life. Um, and this is like a holy time, you know what I'm saying? Like um, Moses had to take off his sandals when he was walking on holy ground because God was there. And I feel like when we listen to people's testimonies, uh, God has been in these places in people's lives. And, um, you know, it's something awesome and holy to listen to. We want to give a quick shout out to everyone who's joining us on uh, Facebook Live uh, today. Um, and if you listen to this podcast and it's something that's, you know, you find valuable that maybe someone else can resonate with, please don't hesitate to share it with someone. Yep. Um, I'm sure, Jess, you won't Not hesitate to talking to people and yeah, stuff like about absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, a lot of people get self-conscious, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, uh, I can't go into, I can't be a Christian. People can't accept me, all this kind of stuff. And really, a, we have a whole community of people saying, look, God accepted me at my worst. I was like a terrible person and like, I'm not alone. Like we're all like sinners saved by grace. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Anyway, Jess, uh, we're going to kick it over to you. Um, thanks for being here. Super glad that you're here with, uh, with us or with me and all of us here. Um, give us some origin story, some background story. Who were you growing up? What was your home life like growing up before you met Christ? Um, so born and raised South Florida. Um, 40 years ago, um, originally Miami, uh, typical Florida upbringing, beach, Disney, school, Gators, um, <laughs> Miami Dolphins, yeah, Miami Dolphins all the way, uh-huh. uh, hurricanes all the way, um, pretty good, uh, fortunately my parents got divorced about, when I was about 10 years old, mm-hmm. um, that was rough, um, Why'd they get, how'd that go for you? Why'd they get divorced? Um, I won't get into why they got divorced. Um, just cause that's their business. Um, but it was, it was real tough on me. Um, my dad wasn't quite treat my mom the way she deserved to be treated, unfortunately. And, um, that led to a lot of, back and forth with them you know they they kind of fought you know for custody me and my brother back and forth um we bounced around summers with dad school year with mom uh moved around a lot of different cities the state of florida but you know all over i think a dozen different cities this is your teenage years here? um this is up until 13 14 15 years old okay um things got a lot more stable um thankfully when my mom remarried okay. uh, to my stepdad, Sorn, uh, Kelsey and Matt's dad. Um, and that was uh, probably some of the best growing up with them. So you grew up in a blended home? Uh, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Uh, my dad even remarried eventually, too. Gotcha. So, so what's it like growing up, growing up in blended divorced homes, like bouncing back and forth? Is there like pivoting for like... You know. It's at, at times it's cool because, you know, your family grows like I, you know, from the get go, the day my mom and stepdad got married, you know, we were part of the family. Like when my mom started dating my stepdad, um, she, he knew that it was a package deal. Oh, mom had two kids. That's cool. And uh, I remember, you know, my mom taking us out on dates. We go out, all four of us go out to dinner for the very, you know, very first time I met Soren. Um, on times like that, it's cool. It's nice. Um, you liked it. You didn't. You weren't the type to rebel against. No, that. no. I actually, actually embraced that. Okay. Uh, Sorn has, to this day has been an amazing person, amazing dad. Um, when it came times to like when you're younger, especially holidays, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, and um, you kind of have to choose who to see. Sure. When you're 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, that's kind of tough. You yeah. know. Um, sometimes it, it kind of worked out where you saw one on Thanksgiving, one on Christmas, but then you, you, you know, it's still not the single family you'd want to enjoy a holiday with. Sure. You're still bouncing around. Um, and then over the years, it didn't get a whole lot easier. Um, we lived with my mom for a while up until about the time Kelsey was born. And then my dad kind of guilted us into go living with him. 
And then that didn't work out for me. What do you mean guilted? So he um, he straight up said, hey, you know, he was uh, living in Homestead. He was moving to Fort Myers. There were going to be some long distance between us on different coasts of Florida. And he kind of said, if you want to spend time with me. And at that time, I idolized my dad. I mean, my dad's, my, you know, any young boy idolizes her dad. Sure. And I was like, well, I can't stand not seeing you, dad. We have to come. We have to go live with you now. And um, that's really not the way it should have been handled. Um, looking back now, uh, the kid should never have to choose which parent to live with or follow sure. or love or appreciate. That's an impossible choice. We, unfortunately, we had to make it. Yeah, I was, that was 14, I do believe, 15. Who forced the choice? Um, my dad kind of did. Okay. He kind of pushed a little bit. So um, I want to say that was uh, – and the worst part was things were going good. Um, you know, we had little brother Matt. Kelsey was coming along. This was – trying to gauge by the, what grade I was in. I had gone to the same middle school and um, just started two years in the high school. So actually a little bit older, probably about 16 years old. Gotcha. And then um, to uproot and move across the state, because again, at that time, I'm an early teenager. My sure. dad's my dad, man. He's yeah. you know he's the man. Totally you know, it. even if he's not the man, he's the man. Totally get it. And um, so you had to choose, and you chose your dad. Chose which, my dad. Which, by the way, I don't mean to like make it about anything else, but like just so anyone else knows, our relationship here is like just as my brother, like that, my, like real. my stepbrother, right? <laughs> like yeah, that, guaranteed. Yeah. So absolutely, his. Uh, Half sister is Kelsey, which is my wife. So just <laughs> for anyone yeah. who wants to know out there. For real. Anyway, uh, so you're in your teenage years now. Yes. 15, 16. Yes. Um, where does this take you? How, oh, wait, let me ask you something. How did that shape you? Like, how did you grow from that experience or this continuing experience? Um, split home? It, um, it, it, was, it was still tough. At that same time, I had – I was always doing well in school. So I was um, – I was still excelling school. I was actually my senior year of high school. I was um, working two jobs and going to college. Mm -hmm. um, I was attending a church over in Fort Myers um, for same same one for a few years. So I was still kind of um, I was still rooted in Christ. Yeah, I was, was still was faith. Absolutely. I mean, we went to church three four times a week. Both your mom and your dad. Um, I again, I didn't see my mom when I was with my mom. She made sure that I saw my dad equally enough. Okay. When I live with my dad, I didn't get to see my mom quite as okay. much as I as I should have or could have or, or really I should have. Gotcha. Um, but at least I was I was still going to church. Okay. Um, very deeply rooted in church, which I was very thankful for. Kept me out of a lot of trouble. Uh, between that and two jobs and going to college. I was uh, I was still a good boy. Were you, you know? Were you saved? Did you love? Did you have yeah, a relationship? Yeah, um, uh, a few years prior, I had known. Um, I have you know became saved, mm -hmm. and I believed that the whole time. You know, I was a firm believer in Christ. Um, you know, very you know Bible every day. You know, uh, church three or four times a week. I went to youth church, regular church. You know, any chance I had a chance to go to church. Uh, any functions at all? I was very, very involved. Gotcha. So I was working two jobs and and going to college. So it's kind of tough, but I, I made it work whenever I could. Gotcha. So you yeah. know, life's still good. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, about seventeen years old, I had a falling out with my stepmother. Okay. And uh, I got kicked out of the house. All right. Because what my, what happened? Um. <laughs> this this is how funny. This is how sad it was. I had gotten in trouble. Um, for staying out late at a church function. <laughs> That's how strict of a household I lived in. Yes, true story. What yep. kind of church? I, what, like a um, lock-in or something? Like a lock-in, yeah. yeah, yep, <laughs> Those yep. kids are bad deals. Yeah, yep. I got in trouble for that. Uh, like full-blown, we had house phones back in the day, um, landlines. So my stepmom called the church demanding I come home because I was out late. Yeah. So that's how bad it was. And that was kind of like the epitome of yeah, um, bad things happen. At yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the Disney stories of evil stepmother that, that okay. those are true oh, in, in my life. Wow. So is it like, a yeah. strict like rules? very, very strict. No reason. Rules? Very, like, like in bed by nine, I okay. could, if I was working a job, I could work to two or three in the morning. When I was working, I'd be in bed by nine. They had to know where I was going. Were you grown at this time? I was, not only was I grown, like I said, two jobs, going to college. I was paying rent, and I paid for my own car. 
you had to be in bed by nine o'clock. Yeah, like curfew at like nine o'clock. Like a yeah. child. Yeah, like a child. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Okay. Um, so you had this falling out. So very strict falling out. Um, Seventeen years old. Uh, thankfully, my mom, my stepdad took me home, took me in, and um, that brought me back to Port St. Lucie, ninety-seven. Okay. Um. So, uh, very actually, very very blessed. Um that they uh kind of you know open arms you know what i mean like i literally walked away and went to fort myers to follow my dad and obviously didn't work out for obvious reasons and they let me come home how'd you how'd that how'd that feel it felt good um the falling out with my dad my stepmom uh was bad enough like they didn't even come to my high school graduation yeah it was pretty ugly for a little while um it, hurts. it did because especially did. when you come from a place where you idolize them. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but thankfully, like I said, I moved to my mom, my stepdad, and um, of course, Aaron, and, uh, Matt and Kelsey. And that's, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty tough. Okay. Yeah. So how did that shape you? Um, it made it, it, it hurt a lot too, because on top of all that, my brother, Sean, you know, my mom and my dad have a brother. I've got a full-blown brother, Sean. And then I've got um, Aaron, Matt and Kelsey are technically half brother and sister, but we never used the word half there. They're my, they're my family. Yeah. But I had a brother, Sean, that unfortunately at the same time, uh, my dad and my stepmom doing whatever they're doing, they ended up moving over to Texas. So at the same time, you know, I had lost relationship with my dad really didn't have my stepmom and a lost relationship with my brother as well. Mm. So really strained relationship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, I kept chugging along, you know, um, came over here to, uh, it was a couple years in Boynton beach. I continued to go to school. Um, then we moved to Port St. Lucie about 97. I continued to go to school. Uh, got an engineering degree. So kept, really? yeah, oh, kept chugging along. Smarty pants. Yeah. Kept chugging along, and uh, that's what brought me to Port St. Lucie ever since. Been here ever since. So you you saved you you've got a strange an estranged relationship with your family yes. on that side, uh, but you've been shown, I understand, grace. Or, absolutely, okay. absolutely. So, welcome back, open arms. You have nothing bad to say about that. So you're going into um, you you have your degree now. Yes. What happens next? Um, I get my degree, and it's a degree in electronic engineering, and I. Um, best I could find in the field, I started working in retail, um, 20 something years of retail, I worked at circuit city for the first seven years of that, um, got my own place and I was still, still in the church. I was still behaving for the most part at that time we were going to Morningside. Okay. Um, and life was still going pretty good. Uh, I got my own place eventually. Um, so what happened? Where, where did it go south? Um, it went south. It, it was still going good for a while. Uh, where things started getting south, you got to kind of jump forward um, 10, 15 years. Worked at Circuit City. I got laid off from Circuit City, okay. um, making pretty good money. I still bounced back from that, thankfully, grace of God. Um, got another job almost immediately. Uh, I was able to continue working. I was able to build my house. Life's still going good. Mm -hmm. um, chugging along, making it work. And probably late 2000s, um, started partying a little too much. What does that look like? Um, so a whole lot of, uh, <laughs> a whole lot of going, going out every week. Um, a whole lot of clubs. Um, a whole lot of times where what's a lot, what's that number? A lot. Like a week. Um, probably three or four times a week, three or four times a week. Yeah. Over half, most of the times over half of the week. Yeah. You got all night. Yeah. What's partying, drinking, drinking drugs. Um, not too much. No, not too much. Just a little not, drugs. A little bit, a <laughs> little bit, a little like marijuana, marijuana. Okay. Yeah. Anything more? No. Okay. Never nothing more than that. And so you, what you were just trying to have a good time? That yeah. Means, so at this time, I had worked. Uh, anybody who's ever worked retail, and I was a retail manager. <laughs> Everybody knows this. Uh, it's not an easy gig. Uh -huh. um, it's a pretty tough gig. So uh, along this time, you know, you'd work 50, 60 hours a week. 
and you blow off your steam a couple of days a week. And you said four. Yeah, couple, <laughs> couple, couple, three, four, five. Um, and but I kept kind of chugging along, and around this time, this is where I kind of, especially when you work the job I was working, your days off are Tuesday and Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So, you you not only do you not physically have the schedule to get to church on Sunday, um when you're out working as many hours as you're working and then you're out and kind of partying as much as you're partying, you kind of, it's very easy not to fall in line to be where you're supposed to be. Gotcha. You know, I heard this quote from C.S. Lewis, like it's a, it's always a gradual slip away. Yes. How people slip away from the church. Yep. Absolutely. And that's kind of what it sounds like. So like, and, and I had gone like when I could, you know, um, Easter Sunday, these occasional days, but I wasn't reading the Bible. I wasn't. Um, I wasn't kind of getting in the Word. Uh, I really wasn't even praying. Really, that's you know. Really, that's really. I mean, you know, like to have like your faith eat up the rest of your. Because you got to think, especially when you're working as much as you are, and then you know you, you have adult things to deal with, sure. and then you're partying on the times when you can, because you're too stressed, and then you're sleeping in, yeah. and the stress and the anger. And this was, you know, about 2004, 2005. How old were you? Um, was that, how many years ago was that? 14 years ago? <laughs> yeah. 36, early 30s? Okay. Early 30s. So your um, late 20s, early 30s, you're partying. I'm, I'm partying a lot. Yeah, I'm making up for, you know, living that strict household when you're younger. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so, you know, I didn't have a wild teenage years. Yeah. I definitely waited till I was so you're, mid-20s, oh, early so 30s. So that makes a lot of sense. You're a good boy, good boy. Yeah, Just and then as soon as I got a chance to let loose, you know, kind of let loose. And I was very angry. Um, Why? Uh, I don't know. I, I can't, I, I just, I wasn't happy. With what? Everything. Um, job? Job. I, I worked a very stressful job. Life? Like um, family? Life, family. Um, How about where you were in life? Yeah. It was. Were you comparing yourself to someone? I would say comparing myself to someone, but when you're, especially when you're making that kind of money, because you do make pretty good money, you work a lot of hours, but you make pretty good money, you you always want more. It's always, it's keeping up with the Joneses. Uh, I also came up in, you know, working on cars and trucks and that kind of thing too, and you always want to have more toys. And you always wanted to have more vacations and that involved working harder and working more. So when you say keeping up with the Joneses, do you mean like you always tried to put up a, like an image of yourself? Yeah, of course you have to. I mean, at least at least in the, in, in the world I was in, it was easy to. Um, you know, I was at the, at, the, at the gym three or four times a week as well, trying to offset all my partying and being an idiot in the other days. <laughs> um, I, I was lonely. Um, I, I definitely didn't date the right women then. What does that mean? The the right woman? I I tell you, I I dated women so crazy. I had to have a restraining order against them. Oh no. Okay. Like that's like, I would literally was not living the life I should. Okay. Um, and you, and you, and did you know better or did you just not think about it? I, I'm sure I knew better, but you know, if you're, you're making money, you're paying the bills. Um, I had never gotten in trouble like you know like um there are some nights i partied that like i don't remember the nights that i partied sure you know what i mean sure. but uh, thankfully through good enough friends some of them might be on the chat right watching right now um people got me home safe yeah you know um was it true that i heard the story was it true that you went from a strip club to church in the same night the um same i will not I will not state that for the facts. <laughs> <Is that> true, <laughs> but I could have potentially been that bad oh, of a boy geez, back then. Man. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. But thankfully, not looking back now, I was very blessed with friends that that kept me out of trouble. Okay. Um, I I I almost got a DUI one night even. Yeah. And I had a cop friend get me out of trouble. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of nights that. Uh, good I, people around you. You knew good yes, people. Yes. I, 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 looking back, I was very very blessed to have that. Um, didn't see at the time, you know, you, you, you do that, you let that kind of stress out, you, you party and you're like, oof, dodged one there. Yeah. And looking back, you're like, wow, I was really, you know, even God was really looking out for me then because any one of those times from, I mean, I used to, uh, race cars on the highway going down South. I mean, I've, I've been on 95 going to buck 25 before, sure, sure. you know, I could have easily had to blow out a tire and crash somewhere. Um, 
I could have got a DUI. Looking, looking back on it, you saying that all of, like God protected you. Absolutely, a lot of one hundred percent, absolutely yeah. did. Yeah. So let, let's let's why 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 do you think people party like that then? Why did you party like that? Um, you said you were angry. Trying you... to escape reality, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, looking back now, um, it's it's a coping mechanism. You know, whether it be uh, depression, stress, anxiety. Um, it, it's a coping mechanism. You know, you, you the daily grind of working every day, sure. of trying to uh, pay the bills and and take care of the house and do this and do that. You wanted to feel something else besides stress. You, you have to. I mean, yeah. uh, what you know. Unfortunately, that was my only coping mechanism back then. Gotcha. You know. So how did it all change? So um, this wasn't until about 2009, 2010. Um, true story, 2004, when I first met my wife, we worked together at Best Buy Aww. and true story, uh, she absolutely, uh, disliked me a lot back then because <laughs> I wasn't a really nice and happy person. Um, uh, I was, I was very cocky at work, very, we go back to the, the stressed out, angry, um, uh, yeah, true story. Uh, we did not get along at first. Okay. Um, but over the years, uh, despite all my partying and ex-girlfriends at restraining orders, uh-huh. um, we, we built a friendship over the years. And we had a couple, couple close calls where we like almost dated, uh, but nothing ever really like facilitated itself into a relationship. Gotcha. Um, but there were times where she was my best friend, whether she knew it or not, mm-hmm. like, cause just cause um, she was the type of person I could just have a conversation with about things. Um, I have vented to her about girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, she had talked to me about things. You know, she came to Florida. She was married originally. Um, and then, you know, she had relationships. I had relationships with people. You guys were good and friends. Just throughout friends. the years, yeah, we're doing good. And then um, I had just started to kind of like, see the error of my ways overall. Like I had, you know, looking back, I saw how stressful life was and how much I've been parting and how I needed to kind of get little, get, you know, wrap, turn that down a little bit and get a little better at things. And I'll never forget. It was August, 2010. I was at lunch from my job sitting up by the causeway and I was kind of like reflecting. I had just got a bad relationship. I was kind of reflecting on, all the crap I had gone through Mm -hmm. and um, it kind of popped in my head that, you know, my wife had been there this whole time, you know? So um, she was actually on vacation at the time and she came back from vacation a couple days later and I sat down with her in the office and I made a list of all the reasons why we should not date. Like (laughs) it would ruin our friendship and it can get awkward at work if it didn't work out. And, and so many other lists of things I said, despite this list, I think we should give it a shot. Yeah. And it's romantic. Um, I don't guess, I guess it is was, um, and that was August 2010. And then we had started dating and I'll never forget our first couple conversations. Like now keep in mind, we work together 50 something hours a week, right? Sure. So there's plenty of time to conversate when you're not busy dealing with things. And the first couple of nights after this, we were on the phone for three or four hours, like teenage kids, oh, just yeah. chit-chatting about things. And um, this was around this time also, I was kind of like, I still couldn't go to church on every Sunday because of my schedule of work, but I was trying to kind of get back into it. So was she you know? a Christian? Um, she grew up in a church of Christ, mm-hmm. um, but she was not a Christian. Okay. As a matter of fact, um, she became saved while we were married. Okay. Um, so how'd you guys get married? So uh, this was August 2010. We started dating. Um, I, because we had known each other so well, I knew I wanted to marry her within a few months, Aww. like legitimately. So um, on February, it was actually Super Bowl Sunday. Romantic. 2011. <laughs> um, it, was, it wasn't the day of the Super Bowl. Like oh, okay, the, okay. the afternoon. It was like early hours of the morning. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, we had gone to dinner with some friends. Uh-huh. And we went out to the same causeway okay. that I had my epiphany that I need to date this woman. Mm. And um, 
it was we're sitting at the benches against the water. Bob Marley's playing in the background. And I had taken out my only inheritance I got from my dad. The only thing I ever gotten was the wedding ring that my uh, stepmother wore. Wow. And I said, um, I had it sized and, and played and read everything ready. I said, um, you know, I want to marry you, right? She's like, yeah. I was like, I, I really want you to be my wife. And I pulled the ring out and asked her right then and there. Mm. And that was February 2011. And um, we got married uh, November 2011. Oh, so, man. yes, sir. That's amazing. Yes, sir. So you, you mentioned in your biography here that um, uh, your God used your wife to yes. bring you back here. Yeah. So um, after we got married, uh, we got married uh, November. We at the same time, I had gotten out of retail and I had gotten a job um, where I'm at now uh, where I had actually Sundays off where I can go to church. So we started going to the church that I go to now. So it's the job, the elimination. Yeah, elimination of job, elimination of stress, because um, I knew I could not have that kind of job and raise a family. Okay. You know, that was, this just wasn't going to happen. So um, right before I got married, I was able to uh, leave the job and get a job where I can go to, go to actually go to church. And we had gone to uh, first PSL. Uh, which we just voted yesterday to be family church of Ports and Lucy. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had gone to church there, started going to church there. And um, that's where not only had she had a chance to come to know Christ and she got baptized there. Um, both her kids have been able to get um, blessed there as well. So me kind of like understanding I need to kind of get back into church and thankfully very blessed that she came along with it. There was no real resistance to it. You know, Uh, we didn't have to go out and try multiple churches. I just said, you know, it's a church I was kind of going to at the time. Let's continue to go there. She was interested. She's and, and, and very blessed that she kind of just came along and not only that, but she herself came to know Christ and got baptized as well. So she saved me from years of partying and stupid things and stupid decisions. And, After all that, she showed me grace. And when I told her uh, tons of reasons why she shouldn't, and yet she still dated me, um, that grew into a marriage and had a chance to actually go to church as well, where she gets saved as well. You have two beautiful boys. Two boys, absolutely. Uh, Tucker, it just turned seven. Um, We celebrated that yesterday, the party yesterday. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, Bryce will be five on the 4th of July. And uh, you said how... um God walked with you through these births. What was so particularly troubling that you needed God's presence in these births? So we all um, always needed God's presence. Yeah, absolutely, always do. Um, my wife is a soldier, and um, she worked all the way up to the day that Bryce was born. Uh, Tucker was born. Oh my gosh! Um, Tucker was born. She She's uh, a workhorse. as as a manager in retail. Mm-hmm. Um, Big belly. Big working. belly, working hard, uh, on her feet bike. all day, gotcha. coming home, feet swollen, hurting, Buy dealing with jerk customers, <laughs> um, getting yelled at, yes, sir, uh, working Thanksgiving, all the hours. Gotcha. Um, Swole foot. So she, um, she, she worked the entire time mm-hmm. up until the day it was born. And um, he came, so his birth was probably the scariest moment of my life. So, um, again, her being a soldier, uh, I remember we went to the hospital early hours in the morning, and she had labored naturally for like 14 hours, 17 hours. I think that's 14, 15 hours. She'll tell you the exact time because you know I'm always wrong. But uh, she had labored for hours, 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 no epidural, just breathing. No epidural soldiering away man she was doing amazing and then come seven o'clock at night uh a doctor by the name of dr meredith came in and she noticed something funky with tucker's heartbeat and after an exam she found out that he was choking his umbilical cord so um she it was literally like like it was he was pressing against the cervix kind of choking himself and I'll never forget our uh, marriage best friend, Desiree, was there with me. And it was like a scene from a movie. And I almost like broke down because I couldn't quite understand what was going on. The next thing I remember, 
the doctor hops on top of the gurney, like in a movie, holding the baby's head back, Tucker's head back, and they wheel her off for an emergency C-section. Like, like holding the baby back, like hops on <laughs> like the gurney, pushes, a, keep push the head back. off the umbilical cord, hops on the gurney. Now, again, Meredith had been soldiering for for so many hours. She's on the gurney. He's on top of her on the gurney. She, the or doctor she, is, the doc, she's on top pushing the baby back, and then they reel her back for an emergency six section. Oh, jeez. And I am like numb at this point. Yeah. I immediately beg God, please let them come out of this, okay? Um, Desiree is rubbing my back, telling me to calm down. It's like she literally had like grab me by the face and say, it's going to be okay. You, like everything was probably in a panic. Uh, yeah. And the doctor was amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, Tuck was born 13 minutes later. Oh, man. And, what, what happened? Um, they just C-sectioned? And emergency C-section. Cut them out. Got them out. Um, unfortunately for Meredith, uh, she didn't have, didn't get to hold him for the first 12 hours because she had no epidural. So she was in complete pain. Yeah. So I had a, my wife who I love dearly is in a, in a bed pain. And apparently there was so many births that night. I had very little help from the nurses. They literally hand me a baby <laughs> bottles and diapers and say, good luck. Oh no. And as any typical oh, husband, I didn't read any of the books. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to tell you, yeah. if your wife gives you a book to read, you yeah. should read it. Maybe. Meredith will tell you I didn't read the books. Not spark notes. And I should have read, read the books. Okay. Um, <laughs> definitely would have been easier. Okay, I didn't read them. My fault. I'm sorry, babe. Um, and like, yeah, literally they handed it to me. Um, they clean him up. Thankfully, he was healthy. That's great. Um, he was a couple weeks early, but he was healthy. Um, beautiful baby boy. And... So the first 12 hours of his life, it was just him and dad. So God saved him from 100%. Something, something and 100%. And um, Meredith, of course, in the hospital, she uh, was a lot of pain getting up because she got cut open of her dural. Sure. Um, but she absolutely soldiered through it. And um, it's tough, man. It's how, tough. How about the second one? Second one uh, was also not easy. Um Meredith was not working at that time, thank God. Um, but Bryce was six weeks early. Six weeks early. Six weeks early. Um, the, she had been going back and forth to doctors that, you know, um, we had gone to the hospital like early, early in the evening um, because she kind of felt contractions like he was coming. And the doc said, no, 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 baby's not coming and sent us home. And a few hours later, her water broke. Oh, geez. So we went back. Yeah. And um, this was six weeks early. Um, thankfully, she'll be get, able to get an epidural this time. Yeah. Um, but that was very, very tough um, because uh, he ultimately had to be in a NICU for 12 days. Wow. And kind of the same thing, you know, not quite as scary and traumatic as Tucker because a little more planned, just second kid, you know, first kid, second kid. But the idea of my, our baby coming early. And, um, when you see the pictures, you know, he was Nikki for 12 days. He at times was completely wrapped in blankets because of jaundice. You know, he had a, a tube in his nose to eat, Oh, man. Um, he had blown out so many IVs. He had an IV in the top of his head at one time because he blown him out on his feet. And um, Meredith, being a soldier, you know, she was she would only leave his side to go home and take a shower. Like so, we we take shifts. Thankfully, mom came over to to be with Tucker, and we took shifts. And um, when I wasn't there, she was there. And when you know, I, you know, she wasn't there. I was there. How long was it? How long of this process? Uh, 12 days. Wow. Um, I even like attempted to, to work. Like I took my, my normal week off mm -hmm. and I went to work for one day and the thought of my wife up there all day with my kid not being home. I think I did like two jobs that day in the field. And I called my boss and said, dude, I can't, I can't work. I need some more vacation time or something. So that's scary. Um, it was especially like he was born um, six pounds, three ounces. So he was kind of a big kid. 
for being six weeks early, but he dropped down to five pounds, eight ounces. Oh, no. And his lungs weren't developed, and he had jaundice real bad. So just the idea of, you know, seeing him where he was, it, 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 it was tough. And it was, of course, it was tough on Meredith, you know. So he's healthy. He's healthy now. Um, we did have a scare, unfortunately. So a guy got us through that, thankfully. And then um, about four months later, he was in a hospital for a week with Kawasaki disease. And um, what's that? So that is, um, it's an autoimmune disease. Uh, and thankfully, Meredith was able to fight to get him treatment. So he had a full body rash. He had fevers upwards of 104 degrees, bloodshot eyes. Um, some kids can get um, raspberry tongue, strawberry tongue. Um, she had been fighting with the doctors, going back and forth, multiple doctor visits. Cause, um, at first one doctor tried to say he had a, a eye infection because he had a clogged tear duct. Uh, and then at times I said, Oh, it's just an autoimmune disease going around. Um, and then all oh, the fever is, is normal. He, he also stopped eating like he'd gone from, you know, he was, um, Meredith was pumping to feed him and he'd gone from three or four bottles a day down to one. Yeah. Lost a lot of weight. And she had gone to the doctor a couple of times. They dismissed it as normal diseases with normal uh, sickness, you know, eye, eye issues or fever or cold or flu. And then finally she said, look, I'm not taking no for an answer and took him to the ER in tradition. And this is where I truly believe divine intervention. So tradition ER doesn't really have a pediatric ER. So Meredith happened to go in. There happened to be a, a nurse on loan from Stewart that was a peds nurse. Oh, wow. And she saw Meredith and she saw Bryce and she said, this is Kawasaki disease. And she actually had fought with a doctor because the doctor didn't want to admit him to the hospital for Kawasaki's. Wow. And so if, she, that, if that nurse wasn't there. If that nurse wasn't there, Bryce may not have been here because this was day six or seven. And by 10 days, if they don't get a cure, if they don't get treated, yeah. it, it may not, you know, they may not make it. And um, thankfully for Meredith fighting and that nurse being there, um, he, the nurse actually called Lawnwood and had him admitted. And on top of all that, our doctor at the time, a pediatric doctor at the time, he was the one that was on call. His very first call was a kid with Kawasaki disease. Because mm. what happens is it's usually six months to six years, and Bryce was a little young yeah. for it. Um, but they admitted him, thankfully. And uh, I'll never forget the image of Meredith hopping in the ambulance for Bryce. And, and again, same thing. Just like when Bryce was born in the hospital, begged and pleaded God, you know, please – be with them. And so, uh, so let me ask you something. These two births, your yes. two sons, both very difficult. Yes. Very scary. Yes. In their own rights. Right. Tucker's very, very quick. You see like this yes. doctor hopping on, pushing him back into. Absolutely. And then you see, uh, you know, your son and your wife struggling and surviving. Yes. What's the takeaway from that with God? Like what, where, you where, know, where did that leave you with? How did this shape you from? In relation to like your at, at the at the time, you know, begging and pleading, and and, and when you come on on the other side, right. it's a it's a, a fir, it's a perfect example of forgiveness, of grace. How do you mean? Um, you know, I didn't deserve it. Mm. You know, I wasn't. I didn't always follow the textbook Christian the way you should be. Sure, you know. I, I had clearly, I had not lived the way I should have lived. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't deserve his grace. I didn't deserve, you know, at the time I didn't, I didn't feel like I deserved what he gave me. So on the other side, it became a great appreciation that through all that, through all that struggle, I come out on the other side with a beautiful wife and two beautiful kids. Yeah. And that's like, you know, the example at that, you know, his grace, his forgiveness, his second chances in life is you could fall from him. And, and I've got no friends that have fallen, fallen way worse than I have. You know, I'm talking 
bottom of the barrel. I'm, you know, I'm somewhere in the middle, maybe toward the top. <laughs> I've had some friends that have, you know, bottomed out the worst. Uh-huh. And any of us, good, bad, or ugly, any as far as we fall from God, it's simply a matter of getting back with Him and just legitimately praying and begging, and you will get a second chance. Yeah. Now, I didn't always have to have, you know, I, I'm obligated to even have the second chance because, you know, there have been some stupid mistakes I made over the years that, you know, one little wrong turn, and I may not have been here. Yeah. Um, but even after all that, um, I'll still give him a second chance. I was still blessed yeah. to have what I have. None of us are, are worthy or, or, you know, deserve these second chances. Yes. God always just gives us Absolutely. Anyway. I'm 100%. So, you, 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 I mean, we're running down on the, uh, on the list here, but I want to talk about this recent health scare. Yeah. So, um, back around Thanksgiving of last year of last year so i've had sleep apnea for 20 years which is amazing the fact that meredith even agreed to marry me because my snoring is absolutely horrendous <laughs> um like a grizzly bear like it's it's gnarly okay. it's gnarly um and that that was really sleep apnea you know she would hear <laughs> me at night like literally stop breathing 10 12 times a night mm-hmm. and so, but I never had it treated. I never went to the doctor. I never took care of it. So, men, if you have a problem, go to the doctor. I hate doctors, but you need to go. Um, I never treated it. I had never gone. Mm-hmm. And so, back in November, um, I had I woke up in the middle of the night, and it felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest. Um, I had not wanted to bother Meredith. Cause I was freaking out cause uh, around the same time I had a guy at work who was 42 and I'm 40. He had died of a massive heart attack. So that's my first thought. You know, I got an elephant on my chest. Mm. I'm having a heart attack. I take two aspirin immediately and to not freak her out. I kind of like try to deal with myself. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is to take a hot shower. I'd go for a walk around the house and it's just not, not going away. I just feel like pressure. I just can't, breathe yeah so i wake meredith up and i said babe i'm having a real hard time right now and she's you know out of it and takes a second and then finally had a blurt i think i'm having a heart attack Mm -hmm. and we hashed it out for a few minutes she's like okay let's 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 see what happens let's go in 15 minutes we go to the er five minutes later i said nope can't do it we got to go By the time we got to the ER, I had gotten there with 209 over 126 blood pressure. Wow. And um, I got admitted uh, for a couple of days. They did all the tests and all the scans. Um, I ended up getting the catheter done. Um, two days in the hospital. Uh, I got transported in ambulance along with to get the cath done. My wife stood by, by me the whole side. Thank God. Uh, she would not leave me. Um, thankfully, uh, very, very, very blessed that we had, um, friends that we call family sure. take our kids in. Yeah. Um, thank you. The Koreas and the Pattersons. Um, they took our kids for a couple nights while we, um, deal with what I'm dealing with. Uh, another ER stint later because, um, had not gotten down to the problem. Right. And it's and never solved in the first time. It was never, yeah, it was never solved the first time. Wasn't solved the second ER trip. Um, it actually, then it wasn't, I, I got some meds. I got things kind of under control. And a bunch of more visits to the doctor, I finally realized that, you know, it's sleep apnea. Um, lots of internet research, you know, WebMD kind of stuff. And talking to multiple doctors and multiple visits and freaking out. And, and, and thankfully, I was able to take some time off of work. Mm-hmm. Um, thank my wife was patient this whole time because it's it's very draining the medical business, you know, trying to this doctor's doing this, that doctor's doing that. You gotta make appointments here, talk to this person, go there. Um, but finally um got it figured out. And what could have been catastrophic, mm-hmm. you know, um ended up being very like mild yeah. in comparison. But you I thought mean, you were gonna die. I really did. I really did. Looking back, um, it wasn't as, as serious as what happened. I mean, but um, the fear is real. Like, absolutely. Like, you're, like, you're like one it, of the, it sets you into a place where you're like, I need something. I need, 
help. I need extra. Absolutely. Um, as a matter of fact, the second night that I went, the second time I went to the ER, um, I had like driven myself into an anxiety frenzy um, because the, the fear of dying for me wasn't for me and where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Like my, my faith in God this whole time has, has never faltered. It's the fact of leaving my wife and kids. So what, why does that scare you? Because knowing the dynamic of, of, of not necessarily losing my dad, but losing my dad, I don't want my kids to have to deal with that. Like the same reason why what took me so long to get married, uh, not only waiting for the right person, the Meredith, but um, I, I don't want to, I want to do everything I can to raise the best boys I can. And that, that involves doing the, being the best husband I can be. Yeah. That involves being faithful to the mother, unlike my father was to my mother. Um, that involves now, after this, understanding I have to take care of myself physically. Yeah. You know, I'd, I couldn't imagine not being there for them. So let me ask you something. might be hard. I don't know. But do you think that the best boys you could raise, what if you did die? What, what do you, would you have, do you trust God into raising those best boys? Like, like is, is the fear of death? Was it like a fear of like they cannot be raised in the best way without, or is it? No, because no, I know for a fact, like, you know, I know Meredith is such a good mom that their upbringing would not be in question, Mm -hmm. you know? what that plan is. I don't know, you know, if I wasn't around. Um, but I know that she would absolutely continue to kick ass as a mom and take care of them. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that they're surrounded by family Mm -hmm. that loves them. I know you guys are right around the corner. Mm -hmm. I know that you guys would help out any way you can. I know that friends would help out any way they can. So it wasn't a matter of like, I know they would be taken care of. Um, I had good enough life insurance. They get taken care of financially. Sure. They're surrounded by family and friends. Their mom's amazing. So where's the fear? The fear is that I'm not there to, it, it's almost that like control freak kind of thing. You know, like I want to, I want to be physically there to help them. Um, and, once that happens, and that's the that's a big problem for me, you know, is, is losing control of that. So control thing is is absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that that's probably one of my big faults. You know, yeah. I probably if if I had to admit on air two things, um, I it, I hate not having control of things, and I have a hard time with forgiveness. That's Why? for another conversation. I don't know. Let's not, this is the conversation. I don't know, brother. <laughs> I, I I don't know. So let's take control is it because i mean i'm just gonna take shots in the dark here Absolutely. right? because like is it the, the way you grew up is that like was there a loss of control there it, it I, I would have to imagine that had a lot to do with it um you know my my mom and stepdad did the best they could to mm-hmm. keep it stable but even in the best i don't want to say divorce situation sure. i mean even in the best divorce situation it's not good. It's still terrible. It's still, it's still, it's still terrible for the kids. So it's terrible for our parties involved. So partying and stuff like that was that an act of like, hey, I'm, I want, I want to control my own situations now. Um, I don't or know. Is it escapism. I think escapism. So, I think it's, it's that's what it is. Yeah. So like, you know that the Bible says that God's in control. Yes. But you want just to be in control. Well, again, that, that's my, that's, that was my time where I fell away. That is, that's exactly it. You have to, and that is something that I have to pray about constantly, you know, um, luckily in my job, uh, I do get a little bit of drive time throughout the day. So I get to have some conversations with God. Hey, that's some really practical advice Um, right there. Um, absolutely. Um, I, uh, get to enjoy the, uh, Matt Chandler, um, sermons Mitchell, while I'm driving Mitchell around. Sermon, yeah, I get to follow up in my church. You know, we we do Facebook Live, so on the Sundays I don't make it to church, um, I can follow up on that. I have listened to this podcast yeah. while I'm driving. So you're just you're just keeping like 
God stuff around. I have to, I have to, I have to. And that's where, you know, I had this conversation with somebody the other day and it was, you know, how do you know? I, I have a lot of, a few friends that I have constant conversation with about faith in God. Sure. And until you're in it, until you find the right church, until you find the right sermon or podcast to listen to or whatever, it's kind of hard to explain. You know, if, if you, if you're trying to witness to somebody and they're completely closed minded and they don't want to hear anything, a sermon or go to a church or whatever, I'm not saying you don't give up on them, but just remember it might be falling on deaf ears. So don't let that discourage you sure, from yeah. still witnessing. Absolutely. You know, because I needed that. I need, I have to get to church cause I have to feel like I'm in God's house. I have to surround myself. Um, I have to get off of Facebook and get onto uh, sermon videos and, 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 you know, get yeah. to read the Bible on my phone more. So like I literally have to catch myself. All right, it's way too much Facebook. Let's go back and find the, the yeah. verse of the day. It reminds you why God's in control. And Absolutely. Stuff. So it's, it's, it's just interesting to me because you could take all your vitamins, you could work out, you could diet all you want, yep. eat all the cardboard you want to eat and stay try to healthy. Yep. But health scares, Seem yes. to be like the most out of control Absolutely. thing that you could ever take. Absolutely, like, there is nothing you can have done to prevent the things for your your children's births, right? Nothing. There's just zero. Nothing. So like it seems, it seems and we tried. Like we we did we did it. I mean, like I said, we went to the classes. Meredith read all the books. Yeah. Um, all all of prepared all the information. You know, I'll tell you as a dad to be, um, you get advice from everybody known to man. Sure. Uh, all kinds of advice. Yeah. And 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 none of it matters because when it comes down to situations like especially that. Especially with health, particularly, there's yes. just no control. No, and none. it's just it's funny because if if you self-proclaim like control is something that I struggle with like the yes. most, that God would then test you in this wait, way. Wait till you're dead. You, you realize <laughs> yeah. you realize how little control you absolutely have. Yeah. I mean, you should have learned that being married. Yeah. First of all, oh, yeah. you should have learned you have no control at all because oh, yeah. you're married. Oh yeah. Um, That's funny. So, um, so let's go back to the second part. You said forgiveness or yes, unforgiveness. Yes. Why is that difficult for you? Um, I, that part I truly cannot answer. I just know it's something I struggle with, you know, especially when it comes to like life is not without burdens, no. you know, even like right now, you know, there's, there's have a lot going on. Right. Um, for example, true story. I had a, a good buddy of mine total my car a few months back, you know, and um, I know I've talked to you about it before. I've talked to pastors at church about it. I know I have to forgive and move on, but it causes strain on my family, not have, being a single family, how you know, single vehicle family. And, yeah. and it's hard to not hold that against him. And, and, and when it's, it's more so when it comes to my family again, you know, you're very protective. If you say something about me, you you make fun of me, whatever. Say what you want, crack jokes. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Like, I it doesn't bother me at all. But when you create hardship for my family, and um, I'm gonna be brutally honest, I'm having issues with my father right now, mm -hmm. causing hardships with my family. Mm -hmm. When you cause hardship to my family, mm -hmm. I have a really hard time just kind of like letting that go. Really, um, I know I have to, and I, that's been a, a big topic of my prayers with God. You know, it's just, it's not for me. It's not something that comes easy again. When I'm talking to my family, for me, I don't care. You know, talk right. smack about me today. We'll laugh about it tomorrow. Right. Um, wrong me by myself today. It's fine. But my family, I guess that's that, that's a protective piece that, you know what? You made things harder for the people I love, the yeah. most important people in my life. And I have a real hard time letting that go. But it seems like your unforgiveness and your self-control, or rather control, um, is rooted in protecting the family. Yes. And so if it, if it, the, the, the reason why you have a hard time with those two things is because it, it threatens the yes. family. Um, how much do you trust God to raise your family and take care of your family? I mean, wholeheartedly. I mean, I, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I truly do. I know it's hard. It's hard to say that and believe that and, and still have issues with forgiveness and control. Um, but I truly believe that's the case. Yeah. I mean, um, we work hard, you know, my wife 
you know, being a teacher is not an easy job. No. Um, we work hard to keep our kids growing up in a Christian home, yeah. in a Christian school. Um, that's not easy, man. I mean, yeah. there, there, there's plenty of weeks that we could look at our budget and our finances and say, you know what? Yeah. What it costs us to take them there monthly, we can really go toward other bills. Yeah. But wholeheartedly believe that's the best place for them. Yeah. You know, um, Port St. Lucie, as boring as people find it, is the best place for them right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're in a good school. Yeah. We, we, I say we kind of belong to two good churches. Yeah. You know, uh, we are members at now Family Church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have family at Sunlight, yeah. literally family at Sunlight. Yeah. Um, so I think, I mean, like, you know, that's where you, like, I mean, I, you don't want to take advice from Go me. Go for right? it, brother. It seems like that's where you need to, it seems like that's where you need yes. to tap, like, lean into. Like, yes. God is ultimately taking care of your yes. family. And that might help you. And, 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 and that's in when we're talking now, mm-hmm. it's easy. Yeah. You know, just oh, like sure. yeah, no, the, like, we talk about all the time, you yeah, know, it's yeah. easy to be thankful and realize how blessed you are. Yeah. You know, it's easy right now. We're having a good conversation that, you know, my boys go to good school. We have a roof over our heads. Um, there's food on the table. Um, it's, it's easy now. Yeah. It's when, you know, you're, you're struggling and wife and I bicker back and forth about who picks up who, where, and, and go where, and transportation issues, or when you're working out in the field and you're you're busting your hump, and the paycheck doesn't seem to offset the amount of work you got to put in. Sure. You know, it's it's easy to talk about it now, like you know, but in the grind, of but life. in the grind of life, yeah. that's where you forget. It, it's human. I, I think it's human nature. Sure. I think it's because right. your 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 primal instincts take over. Yeah. Temper takes over. Anger, frustration. Yeah. Um, like it's easy. Like right now, I could see. You know. Yeah. Let me call my friend up. Tell him I forgive him. But then, an hour ago, when wife and I trying to figure out who's going to pick up who, where, and sure, drop off where, car, and ride one yeah. car, not so easy. Then. Yeah. Then at that time, you're like. Then you got to like re- return to forgiving. Yes. You can. I got to say, you know what? Yeah. It could always listen. Even my health scares. I've got friends. I got a friend with brain cancer right now. You know, yeah. even my health scare as scares it was. And I thought I was going to die. I've got a, a, a friend many, many years battling brain cancer, yeah. you know, and, and thankfully he's doing the best he can to kick butt. There's always somebody worse off financially. At least we have a vehicle. Yeah. You know, we have a vehicle that works. It runs is in good shape. There are people who have to take the bus everywhere. Yeah. You know, or, or bum rides or have a broken car in the driveway. Yeah. Um, some people don't even have a house and to the name. It's why we should be thankful for what yes. we have. Look, uh, we're, we've run up on time, Jess. Um, but if there's anything left to, to say, I mean, the floor is yours. Otherwise, I have one last question for you. Yes, sir. Uh, we finish off every podcast. Before we do, um, real quick, if you guys made it to the end, we want to thank you, everyone that's on Facebook, everyone who's listening uh, online or streaming this from your device. Please share this. Please like it and, and, and join the community and say what's up to Justin. Give him some support. Um, but yeah, uh, we've got a mission here, and we're, we're building out a community of awesome testimonies of how God is awesome in our lives. But that leads us to our last question, guys. Jess, why do you think God is awesome? Like I said earlier, I think he is awesome because he is all about second, third, fourth, some of us fifth or sixth chances. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, you know, prodigal son, the story of that, that is, that is God. He will sit back and you can stray as far away from him on the farthest reaches of the earth and he will let you come home. Yeah. There, there's, you, you don't have to do anything for it. You know, yeah. I, teach my talk to my kids in high school, you know, high school Bible study. You're a youth leader. I'm a youth leader. Yeah, yeah. Believe it or not. I'm sorry. I know it's hard to believe I'm a youth leader. But I tell them all the time, you know, especially in a Christian faith it is probably the only religion that doesn't have like any criteria. Like you don't have to, yeah. you don't have to do certain things or be a certain way or tie a certain amount or, or do this or do that. You just have to simply sit back and just ask God for forgiveness. Because it's done. And it's done. Yeah. I mean, Jesus made the sacrifice. You know, we talked about that last week in, in church and in, in my, in my Bible study. Right. He made the ultimate sacrifice. And if you sit back 
and just appreciate everything is done for you. Um, I, I, I am beyond blessed. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm very, very blessed and I have no problem like telling everybody in the world how, how blessed I am. Yeah. Um, but yeah, def, definitely he's all about forgiveness. And my only advice to anybody is he will give you as many chances as possible. Um, and, and don't take that for granted. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't not take advantage of that. Right. Right. Um, don't, don't take it for granted. Amen. This man's a preacher. This man's a preacher. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, thank you guys for tuning in to the God is awesome podcast. Uh, Jess, thank you so thank much you, sir. Uh, for being on here. Uh, be, remember, be sure to like, and share and all that. Anyway, we love you guys and we will talk to you guys next time.